Welcome to The Interview Show. This is Scott Wood, your host. I am sitting in the bowels of the Vogue Theatre in Vancouver with somebody called DCF. I would love you to introduce yourself, please. What's up, everybody? My name is DCF from Toronto, Canada. Um, happy to be here today. Well, I'm glad to have you. So DCF, Discounted Cash Flow. Discounted Cash Flow. There's many uh, different acronyms that you can derive from DCF, but the one I choose to derive from it is David Charles Fisher, which is uh, my, my name. Yeah. Very cool. It's probably the best way to do it. It's what I, yeah, you know, I got to come in early and just like say, this is what it is, this is what it stands for. It's not discounted. It's funny because if you Google it, you kind of get a little bit of both, right? So That's the first thing I got. Right, yeah, that stinks. But hopefully I get to a point soon where it's not the first thing, right? That's like your dream. You'll get there. I have confidence in you. So you are about to go on stage in a little bit. I'm sure you have a list in your head where there's like anxiousness biting at it saying, why isn't this done? No, that's not how I feel. I've played a lot of shows, so I, I feel pretty calm about it. Uh, it's actually nice to take your mind off the show before the show. You know what I mean? So this is perfect. This is great. What's the thing you do before you jump on stage? I kind of psych myself up. Uh, we actually do like a team shot down here before the show starts where we all just take a shot of whiskey or whatever we have on hand. But uh, for me, I listen to like some intense like pump up music. Yeah. So I'm imagining Swedish death metal. Swedish death metal. No, not quite. For me, it's like rap music. I'll listen to Future. I'll listen to some Lil Wayne. Yeah. Some OG rap stuff for sure. So I think it's time we listen to one of your tracks. I'm going to play Sky Ferreira. I'd love you to describe this music for somebody who may have never heard of DCF before. Cool. So Sky Ferreira was a, a song I wrote sort of just soundtracking uh, an entire relationship. So the start of the song is... You know, I'm meeting somebody, I'm infatuated, and then by the end of the song, I'm feeling regret about how I, how I ended it and how I treated that person. So the song is a soundtrack to a relationship. That's what it sounds like. I got six beers in my bag, babe. Girl, get up on the back of my bike. It's okay. I got something that you want, babe. That face is something I like. So give me, give me. Oh, I want you right now. Like that, I might have to take a minute. The good ones go if you take too long.
show this is scott wood your host you just heard the track sky ferrera by a guy called dcf i read that you wrote this song about the fact that you broke up with somebody by text <laughs> did i put did i write that somewhere that's terrible yes that is real i i broke up with you do sound a little bit like a d-bag right now i know i know but the song was it was that i knew i sounded like a d-bag you know and i knew that i had been a d-bag and i was feeling shamed by the fact that I was a D-bag. So it's sort of me trying to like cleanse myself of being a D-bag, you know? So some people are not gonna know who Sky Ferreira is. So who is she? So she is a, a pop icon. She is like a MySpace phenom who is pretty young. I think she's still like 24, 25. And she's a model. She's a musician who like never, she's an enigma. She never releases anything and then she does and it's like amazing and then she goes away for years at a time and she's just like this unicorn pop artist, yeah. And she was the mom in Baby Driver. That is correct. That's right. So why is her name the title of this song? Well, she's, she's mysterious. And uh, the girl that I wrote the song about felt mysterious too. And I just felt a little parallel between the two of them. And yeah, that's all I'll say. So what type of mysteriousness do they share? Talking about it now feels kind of funny because it's like, I don't, I don't really know. But like, I remember at the time I, I saw the parallel perfectly. They're on the scene one minute and they're the only thing that I'm you know, thinking about and then the next minute they're just gone. So, How did you get her to forgive you for breaking up with her via text? You know what, I'm not gonna lie to you, it was a, it was a, Tinder. It was a Tinder thing, so it didn't actually last very long. So it's not like we dated for a, a very long time, it was a very short stint. So to be very honest with you, we haven't spoken since that happened, so yeah. I, I think she's maybe heard the song. Uh, the circle that we exist in is not so big, but I think the song is nice. I feel like if she heard it, she would, she would say, this guy knows he was a D-bag, you know? Could you maybe text her the SoundCloud link? Yes, I could. But again, it's been so long now. It's been like three years. So it's like, if that just came out of the blue, I think it would be, it'd be weird. You might be right. So you wrote this song with a guy named Nate Motti. He is in the band 303. He's your writing partner. So tell me a little bit about how you guys met. So we met through his now wife, who is a much music VJ by the name of Liz Trenier. And she's a good friend to me, and when they started dating, she showed him my music, and then we just got in the studio, and we've been making music for like five years now together, and 
yeah, we have so much more stuff other than Sky Ferreira, but he's the best and working with him is amazing. So it's kind of an interesting collaboration because he isn't, his band 303 is not really like what you do. So if you had to describe that band to somebody who's never heard of them before, what would you say? So they're, they're party rap, period. They are a party rap band, but, uh, but he produces all their stuff and Sean, the singer, writes it all. So they're so much more, they're like, aesthetically, they're just like these two party core dudes, but like Nathaniel just like, he's crazy like he's such a genius and Sean's an incredible writer and like Sean has written for like Ariana Grande and like uh, Nat's produced for like Maroon 5 and like so they're at their core they're just this like warp tour party band but like they're like they're crazy they're amazing guys so why don't you talk about how you guys write together it's pretty fluid a lot of the time he'll send me a beat he'll send me like a production uh, thing that he started and I like to write a lot of lyrics I write all my lyrics myself so obviously but uh, I don't know like he'll send me a beat and I'll just let it marinate for a while and like maybe it'll like fit with some lyrics that I wrote just on my off time and it's great like I don't usually write a lot in the studio with other people it's most of the time that I come in prepared with something I wrote before so that's usually how it goes with him he'll he'll produce it and I'll write the song 303 in their day were a pretty big band they toured with Katy Perry and all that sort of stuff so it's one thing he's told you not to do in your career one thing not to do in my career. You know what, he is actually one of the most mature people I've ever met, so he's, he's honestly, like he's not a drug guy, he's just like a straight and narrow dude. So I don't think he's like done anything that's like, he would be like, I did that and you shouldn't do it. So he hasn't really given me any great advice like that. But for tour, um, he said no number twos on the bus was his big instillment to me was, if you want to stay popular, because this is my first bus tour, right? And I'm on the bus with lights and with 12 other people. So he's like, if you want to be popular, if you want to make friends, no number twos in the bus. That was it. That was, his, that was his wisdom to me. That is really solid advice. I would stick with that advice. I think it's time to listen to another track. Let's listen to your second single called Bring a Friend. How would you like to tell us a bit about that before we hear it? So Bring a Friend was, uh, I lived... I live in Toronto and I live in Chinatown and for about a year and a half I lived with uh, one of my closest friends, Jazz Cartier, who's a rapper as well. And he was in the studio and he sort of made this demo track. I don't know if it was called Bring a Friend, but like the theme was uh, similar to Bring a Friend. And he came home and he was like, I worked on this song, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. And he had just written this other song called Red Alert that was kind of like this bigger than himself song that was kind of like, he was like, yeah, it's kind of funny, it's kind of a funny song, it's like a party song. So I got in the studio, and the producer who produced that one, my friend Derek Hoffman, he played it for me, and I was like, I'm going to write a song like, like Red Alert, which Jazz had just put out. And I was like, I'm just going to write this bigger-than-me like pop song. Like, I don't have a Bugatti. I don't, I don't own a Bugatti. But, like, but I want to. You know, and it's like, I don't know. It's just like a flex song about a life I, I don't even live yet. So. Okay, got an idea. It might require me to drink like six more beers. This may not be something that you're into, and girl, that's cool, but you can't blame me for asking. What's your friend's name? What are they like? What you doing later on? What you doing tonight? Cause we could have a party on the sixth side. We could do things a little bit different. Simon says, hands up, hands down. I got roommates, don't get too loud. And they're saying that the prince is the man now. Okay, bring the chorus around. Yeah, yo, 
This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track Bring a Friend by a guy called DCF. I'm sitting beside him in the bowels of the Vogue Theater. You know what? I was reading about this song, and it says that you wrote it for somebody else and changed your mind after listening to it 16 times on your way home. That's a true fact. I, so we wrote the song. We had just come from a trip from L.A., me and Derek, and we got home, and we were like, let's just write a bunch of songs for other people. Like, that's where the money is. Like... We just went to LA for the, it was our first time. We were just like starstruck and just like came home ready to write material for other people. So we did and I liked that song so much and I showed it to my management and stuff and they were just like, you gotta keep it. You gotta put it out for yourself. So we did, that's it. There's one person that's a big name right now but people wouldn't think you'd want to write for or could write for, but you're dying to write a song for. Um, that's a great question. I would, Camilla, Cabela. Um, do you know her? She's, she's uh, cool. She is from Fifth Harmony, um, and she is now a solo artist, but she's like got the craziest voice. And like, I'm an artist, and I, I have a vision for my art, but like, I do know that I'm more of a songwriter than I am, like this crazy vocalist. And I just, every time I sit down with like vocalists, you know what I mean? It's like so cool, because I'll be like, here's a song, and they'll take it to like the next level. So I'd love to write with someone like her, for sure. I also read that you like the Wu-Tang Clan. I would love for you to take a deep cut from a Wu-Tang record and then just nerd out about it for a bit. 
Well, it's not a deep cut, but it is the first Wu-Tang Clan song I ever heard. It was called uh, Gravel Pit. And the only, the, ner- the nerdism to this was that uh, I, I was so young when it came out that when I went to buy the album, it was with my mom. And I didn't know about like parental advisories yet. So she talked me into buying that album without swearing on it. So I grew up only, and I didn't really know that like people did that, that they put out versions of songs without swearing. So I grew up thinking that there was just all these blanks. You know what I mean? Like for like a long, like an embarrassing amount of time. And then like a friend at a party years later was playing it and I was like, what is this? What are these words? So, and they were like, dude, you're, you're an idiot. Like, are you kidding me? What did you think that, that, that those were, those pauses were? But that was it. I'm glad you were able to enjoy it both ways. <laughs> Let's listen to another track. I'm going to pick John Cusack. It's an older track of yours. How about you tell us a little bit about this before we hear it? That was a... Uh, a very emotional ballad that I wrote that turned into a real pop one. Yeah, that one's funny. So I actually wrote it basically about like writing songs for people to like win them back. Cause I went through a phase where like I was just this emo dude who like was always pining, you know, and I was always like writing music to like show people to be like, hey, check my song out. Like, did you hear it? Like, what do you think? Like, do you want to like go out with me? And John Cusack was that song. Like I was just writing a song. Cause I had just seen that old, I think it's that 90s movie, right? Say anything. Oh, bingo. Uh, so I just seen that movie. My, d- my dad told me to watch it. And it was a great movie. And I was like, holy shit, this is how I feel. Like, I want to stand outside someone's window with a boombox playing my own song. And I wrote that song. How come I never go to the bar And meet a girl who makes bank Likes comic books and listens to a little Frank How come whenever I sleep with girls at work They end up thinking I'm a piece of shit I could just talk myself into wanting to spend more than two months with somebody else. I wish I could just go back now and tell myself to slow it right down. I just wanna fall, I just wanna fall deep. I just wanna know if you wanna fall with me. I just wanna fall, I just wanna fall deep. I'm playing your song in the street. Look out your window.
Welcome back to the interview show. This is Scott Wood, your host. You just heard the track John Kuzak by a guy called DCF. He was telling us before we heard the song, the story about writing it. In that story, he was telling us about how he loved to write songs, get girls to listen to them, and see if they'd go out with them. How often did that work? You know what? It almost never worked. Oh my God, it never worked. And like, I see that now that I look back on it. Oh God, there was, I went out with a girl for like maybe a month that I met via Tinder and like I wrote her a song like during the first month and I played it for her and somehow I thought that that would like entice her to be like this guy's the real deal I'm like you know what I mean let me tell you it didn't she was just like why like what like what have you learned about me that you needed to like put into a song but man you make mistakes when you're younger you know you know what? I'm sure you've learned and do just fine, but let's move on. So right now you're on tour with Lights. Now that's a big deal here in Vancouver, but not everyone's going to know who Lights is, so I'd love it if you could give us some context. Cool. So Lights is a electro-pop artist from Vancouver, but she lived in Toronto for a long time, which is where I met her, and she's the best. She's an incredible artist. So what is your favorite Lights song while you're standing side stage watching the show? Um, okay. Well, it changes every night. I've played a bunch of shows with Lights, so... I've heard all the songs and I'm just I'm a huge fan too, so it's like it took me a while to like be chill on this on this tour. But muscle memory is definitely my favorite right now. But if you ask me tomorrow, like it would be different. Yeah. Muscle Memory by Lights in the background. When I walked in here, I noticed a long line of very excited people waiting to see Lights. So it is a really big show. So you've opened for Lights, Coleman Hell, and Shawn Mendes. They're all big acts from Canada. So I'd love you to connect the dots between the three of them. What's, what's one common thread all three of them possess, even though they all make much different music? I think they're all pop artists, period. I think no matter what subgenre of pop they are in, like they all make pop songs, you know? So and they're all like they make good pop songs. I think that is the thread: is that like Lights, Shawn Mendes, Coleman Hell. They all just write really catchy, good, infectious, relatable songs. And I, I think that's what I am striving to do too. So, yeah, I think that's the thread. I think it's time we listen to another track. I'm gonna pick one time off the record, High School Forever. I'd love you to give me a short intro to that one. Okay, well, one time is actually an embarrassing song for me because it's a song. It's another of the pining phase songs that I wrote about somebody whose name I can't I can't divulge but they catfished me on the internet so it's somebody that I never met but had like a month to two month to an embarrassing amount of months relationship with on the internet 
that I never met because they weren't a real person. And that's, it's a huge story, but uh, I got a cool song out of it, and uh, it's called One Time. I was thinking maybe, maybe you could stay, do this thing forever, every single day. You look like a bad one, maybe you would stray, maybe you're a good thing, who am I to say? I just gotta tell you, cause I know I won't You have been the only thing that's not a joke I just wanna love you, if that's possible She just popped like two pills, now she wanna roll I just wanna tell you, just in case I die You have been the only thing I ever liked You may be the one, I don't really know Pop that thing one time before you go Wanna tell you just in case I died You have been the only thing that I've done right You may be the one I don't really know Can you pop that thing one time before you go? Tell me what's really good Tell me what's really the track one time by DCF off his record High School Forever and he was telling us about how this song was inspired by an unfortunate catfishing incident. Yeah it was a uh, it's a huge story and I, I, I don't know if I have it in me to to give that over yet but it's but I was catfished it happens to real people 
you know what? I, like everyone's just on the internet now. Every, like who's real? Who's not real? It's hard to hard to tell. Well, I'm sure this person was real. They just are not. I guess who you thought they were? They were real. They were just another person. That was that was the big reveal. And they were actually another person that I like. I didn't know, but was like in my social circle. You know. So it's and I've never confronted them about it. Well, I have a little bit, but not really. Not no not in a way that I, I've gotten the closure <laughs> that I apparently need, but. Yeah, it's a weird thing that I still haven't really processed. Because, uh, cause, yeah, when does that, who does that happen to you? Who do you talk to about that? I think it's more common than you think. But anyhow, I'll let you process it. And I look forward to the song years from now where you sing about confronting the person who did that to you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I can't wait to write that song, too. I think I need to write that song. So this is an interesting interview for me because right now you were touring an album worth of songs, but the album's not out. So that must be a really interesting experience. It is. It is weird. Uh, and it's kind of just how it goes. You write an album, you like have an album cycle, and you release the songs. And it just so happened that this tour opportunity came up kind of early on in the, in the single stage. So yeah, it's, it's funny. But it's also, I think, easy to digest because my set's so small. It's like 20 minutes. I come out, I play you know, two or three songs, and it's like, it's done. It's easy peasy. So then you're like, sorry, no album, but follow me on Twitter. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what I say. That's exactly how I say it, too. I think you're kidding with me, but are you ever tempted to go back and rework these songs after you see them work on an audience? Um, I think once they're out, like, they're out. I feel like the option to go back, there's definitely times when I've, like, put a song out and I've played it live and I'm like, shoot, I wish I had done something differently to that song. But, but DCF, they aren't out. I know, but they're, but they're on Spotify, you know? Everything that I'm playing tonight is, like, out. So... You know what? Like, I definitely have played songs that were unreleased live uh, and seen how they work and then gone back and reworked them. But, uh, but these ones are out, so I feel like I just got to live with them now, you know? So you said once that your parents damaged you in the best way possible by exposing you to a lot of Billy Joel. So what cheesy music are you going to traumatize your kids with? You know, I, I grew up listening to pretty scene music, so I listened to a lot of like Bright Eyes, a lot of like My Chemical Romance. A lot of stuff that I think has like a lyrical depth that's like pretty dark that uh, is now just like kind of washed over me. I just like the songs now, but I think if I played those songs to like a child, it would like, they'd be like, holy shit, this is dark, you know? So give me one song so we can lock on to the darkness. Hmm, okay, so My Chemical Romance has a song called uh, I'm Not Okay, and it's basically just about being like bullied and uh, their, their experience in high school. And I remember that song like really like rang true for me when I was in high school, but now it's just a great song for me. But I think for my kid, you know, God forbid I have a kid, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it'll have a new, a new depth for them, you know. All right, DCF, thank you very much for sitting down and spending a little bit of time with me today before your show. I really appreciate it. The last song is one that you get to pick. So why don't you pick a song off your upcoming album and tell us a bit about it while I bring up the music. So this is a song off of my upcoming album. So let's hope that it's out by the time this interview airs. It's called uh, Three Steps to Leave Your Mans. And it's a song, I have a lot of female friends. I'm a pretty sensitive dude, and I feel like I've just like attracted a lot of uh, female friends along the way. And uh, during this internet dating experience that I've been on, uh, I feel a lot of men are like pretty shitty to, to females via, and, I, and I've been there, and I've written songs about it, and I've, I've paid the price for that, and but I've seen it firsthand, so I wanted to write a song that was like for my female friends that was like, I mean, who am I to empower my female friends? But I just wanted a song that was like, hey, I know that this is happening, and 
here's a way that you can get out of these shitty situations if need be. So. And the song, once again, is? Three Steps to Leave Your Mans. And the title of the record is? High School Forever. All right. Well, DCF, thank you very much for being on my show. Thank you very much for having me. I had a great time. I don't like the way that he's talking. I just wish his mouth would stop it. He's talking down to you like it wasn't some queen. He's a waste man and you know it. I just want to know what you see. Yo, baby girl, explain shit to me, yeah. He's talking down at you like it wasn't some queen. He's a waste man and you know it, baby. If you was my thing, I would give you everything. I would put you on some shit. Other girls might never get. All you gotta do is Step one, put your middle fingers in the air, girl Tell them that you're through with the drama Step two, this is what you're gonna do You gonna get your toothbrush, put it in a bag Step three, bring that body in me I'ma give you what you've been missing Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the plan Three steps to leave your mans, okay? Your mans, your mans, your mans. Okay, fuck your mans for real, okay? Your mans, your mans, your mans. Okay, but fuck your mans for real. And if I hear he ain't treating you right, you tell that little bitch that I'm coming to find him. Just see what happens when you mess with a queen. He's a waste man and you know it Baby, if you was my thing I would give you everything I would put you on some shit Other girls might never get All you gotta do is Step one, put your middle fingers in the air, girl Tell them that you're through with the drama Step two, this is what you're gonna do You gonna get your toothbrush, put it in a bag Step three, bring that body in me I'ma give you what you've been missing Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the plan Three steps to leave y'all Girl, I'm finna love you better than he can Girl, you really should say peace to the waste man I want that body like I need that body And girl, that waste man can't catch your body Girl, I'm finna love you better than you can Girl, you really should say peace to the waste man I want that body like I need that body And girl, that waste man can't catch your body Step one, put your middle fingers in the air, girl Tell him that you're so through with the drama Step two, this is what you're gonna do You gonna get your toothbrush, put it in a bag Step three, bring that body in me I'ma give you what you've been missing Oh yeah, that's the plan Three steps to leave your mans Okay, your mans, your mans, your mans Okay, fuck your mans for real, okay? Your mans, your mans, your mans. Okay, but fuck your mans for real. Hey, what's up? It's DCF, and I'm here with Scott Wood on The Interview Show. 